0: My name is Fitz, and I'm the CEO of The Fitz Group. I'm glad you've chosen to listen to this week's excerpt from our weekly Builders Call. This call is designed to help you move beyond personal sales and into building a business in the insurance industry. On one end of the income spectrum, we've helped a ton of agents make an additional $50,000 a year in override income on top of their sales income. And on the other end of the spectrum, we've helped a number of leaders make in excess of $1 million annually through the development of the override income into a business. And now, on to today's lesson. Jumping into today's training. Uh, if you're new to the call, first time on the call, or if you've been with us before, uh, what I should tell you is that um, I choose the day's training uh, really um, based on a number of factors. But, you know, a lot of it is conversations I'm having individually with people or in groups of people or uh, just maybe sometimes it's, it's information that I've just gotten and I want to pass it on. Uh, As I've digested it, I want to pass it on to you, Uh, but uh, I really do try to bring value every Monday uh, with the training and uh, and hope that uh, you get something from it. Um, Today, we're talking about building a team today, building a team. Uh, Last week, uh, I had the opportunity, uh, again, to to speak as a guest lecturer at SMU's uh, Cox School of Business. Uh, the, uh, the professor there that I have a connection with, uh, has heard me speak before and, uh, and, and last year asked me to come speak to his, uh, to his class. Uh, it was an undergraduate class I spoke to last year. This year, he asked me to come speak to a couple of his MBA classes and a, and a, uh, undergraduate class. Uh, the two MBA classes didn't do what they were supposed to do in order to be rewarded with a guest speaker. Uh, so I did not end up speaking to those two classes, but I did speak to his undergraduate, uh, leadership class. Uh, how cool. Uh, and, um, after, after understanding what, uh, the class needed, uh, and, and where they were, you know, here, the, here you got undergraduates, so There were probably 75 or 80% of the class were, uh, were, were seniors about to graduate, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old, about to graduate and be launched into the real world. Um, <laughs> a lot of them, part of the Greek community at SMU and the fraternities and the sororities and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, uh. One of the talks, I, I, I it was a you know over an hour class, but one of the things I taught on was building a team, um, and I think building a team is is certainly a skill that's important uh, if you're you know if you're building a business here with the FITS Group and in the insurance world, I think building a team and understanding how to build a team is important. But you know, building a team transcends just our industry and and transcends just your agency that you're building. You know, building a team is is about uh, the community that you have surrounding you. Uh, I, I, I was, I was telling the class, like I, I, build a team at home, you know, I got my wife and my three kids. That's a, that's a team that we have, uh, and the dynamics there operate and when we're family, we love each other unconditionally. Uh, but there are some team dynamics that go on there. Uh, I've got a team here in the office with my staff. It's a whole, uh, a little bit different, but there are some commonalities there with that, with the staff and building that team. And then of course there's the building, the team of insurance agents, uh, that we have going all over the country. There's building a team of leaders uh, inside of our organization. There's all kinds of teams that, uh, that can be built here. Uh, and what I want to share with you uh, is just uh, some thoughts. Now, um, I'm, I'm positive that these are not original thoughts to me, uh, but uh, I have no one single book to refer you to uh, when talking about these, uh, these teaching points. And so um, for, for further information, you know, I love giving resource. I love giving credit where it's due. Uh, there's about 20 books I could put in a bibliography here <laughs> if I'm giving a bibliography on building a team, uh, but I would just reference you to uh, any of John Maxwell's stuff and really any of Craig Groeschel's stuff as far as building a team. Uh, if those two names, you're not familiar with those, get in touch with me uh, and I'll, I'll make sure to connect you with that. But those two guys are, are pretty widely known as leaders of leaders. And uh, and have great things to <clears throat> to say as, as it relates to building a team. Uh, but let's just jump right into it this morning. Uh, in building a team, there are some things that uh, that you need to do. Uh, it's not just as simple as a snap of the fingers and there you go. Um, I know with my kids and, and their soccer, Heather and I were just talking about this this weekend because we're coming, we're at the we're at the end of the, the 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 club level seasons, and now it comes the time in the summer where the kids are. There's a shuffling going on from one team to another. Uh, and um, you know, one coach to another, and maybe this kid is going to move up to a, a better team, and then this kid is moving down to a different, uh, to, a, to a lesser team. There's, there's all kinds of dynamics going on. And Heather and I made the comment yesterday. We went for a walk, and we we're just kind of discussing the dynamics that's going on with our kids right now. And we both said and agreed, I don't, I would hate to be a 12 year old uh, club level soccer coach you know, just what a mess, because you spend a year building a team, and then at the end of the year, it's like, you know, it could completely shuffle, and these kids could go off to different teams, and now you got to rebuild a team culture all over again, Um, and, but you know, here's a thought, like, if as a coach, and, and I'm not a soccer coach, but I am a business coach, right, and so as a coach, if I do a better job of building the team and building the culture, I don't have to worry about shuffling the deck at the end of the season, Uh, if, if, if a kid's coach was doing the same thing with the culture, with the parents building a team with the parents and building a team with the kids, you don't have to worry about reshuffling the deck, uh, every, every year. Uh, and so here's some points that I believe, uh, you really need to, to write down and, and, and take to heart, uh, as it relates to building a team. First of all, grow as a leader, grow as a leader. Leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness Leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. Um, you know, I was listening to a John Maxwell teaching just recently, and, and uh, some of you guys have heard me teach his five levels of leadership. I didn't make that one up either. I just repeated it back to you. Um, but he said, you know, if you're a level one leader, give yourself a point. If you're a level two leader, now you give yourself two points for being a level two and one point for being a level one. Uh, And if you're a level three leader with somebody, now you get three points, two points, and one points. Now you're up to six points. Um, With that in mind, I mean, ultimately getting to a level five, if we're following that, we'll just continue on. If you're a level four, you get another four points. So four plus three plus two plus one, there's 10 points. As a level four leader, you're a level 10 leader, right? In, in In his assigning of math to this. And then level five, if you're a level five leader, you give yourself another five points. So five points for being a level five leader, Four points for being level four, three, two, one, talking about 15 points. So let's just use that scale and say you're anywhere from a scale of one to 15 as a leader. If you are an eight, if you're in an eight range, the best you're ever going to attract are sevens. If you ever attract an eight or a nine, they will eventually give up on you and find somebody else that's a better leader. Okay. This is the harsh reality of being a leader is if you're not who your team needs, they're not going to stick with you. They, they will find what they need. Uh, it's how it works. And so leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. Leadership ability is the lid that determines your level of effectiveness. And so in the Q&A section at, at, in, in the business school last week, uh, one of the kids asked, well, I've always heard that you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Okay. I said, yeah, I agree with that. Don't want to be the smartest person, at least not all the time. Sometimes I guess it's inevitable. (laughs) But really, you don't want to be this, you want to surround yourself with really intelligent people. He said, how do do you keep them if if they know they're smarter than you? (laughs) I said, well, I'm not talking about being the best at everybody's job. I'm talking about increasing your leadership ability. Those are two different things. You know, I've got very smart people on my staff. And uh, inevitably, sometimes I feel like I'm probably smarter on that particular conversation, but, but a lot of times I feel like they are so much smarter than me uh, on the conversations. It doesn't mean that I'm going to lose them because I'm not as smart as them on that conversation. I have to increase my leadership ability in order to be able to lead them. Different, different tag there. Okay. Leadership develops daily, not in a day. Unfortunately, this is, well, Unfortunately this is unfortunate. <laughs> it would be it would be so nice if we could just snap our fingers and be the world's greatest leader, but that's not exactly how it works. You have to go through what Heather and I have labeled as the narrow passage. You have to go through this squeezing time where you, you feel like you don't have any of the resource that you need in order to build your business, in order to build the team. You don't have the money, you don't have the time, you don't have the you don't have the the information, right? You got to kind of go through that squeezing and there's a lot of lessons that you learn during that. Guys, lean into those tough times. Lean into that pressing because that's when you're shaped. That's when you're, you're molded into the leader that you're going to be and the leader you're supposed to be and the leader your team needs. So as you're trying to figure out how to balance personal production and recruiting and you know team conversations, and as you're trying to figure out how to balance all of that, listen, being able to balance all of that makes you capable of teaching someone else how to do it lean into it. Don't expect a microwave scenario. Uh, You know, if it took you 20 years to build a million dollar annual income, would it be worth it to you? Yeah. Well you can't do that if you don't lean into those tougher times. Uh, And so inevitably if you don't, if you don't learn from those failures and you don't press through, what's going to happen is you end up keeping yourself at mediocrity rather than moving to the greatness, to the excellence that you were really called to be. So you got to grow as a leader next point. Become disciplined. (laughs) I don't want to confess this too much because I believe in focusing on positives and not negatives, but I'm not necessarily someone who's disciplined. Um, I I really, (laughs) I mean, I think people who watch me go, you're so disciplined with your time. No, I'm really crafty with my time. Uh, I I really am all about tricking myself into doing things. I I give you guys my calendar uh, so that you can just book a time. Because if it was up to me to book time with all of you guys, I, I'd probably just sit back and watch TV. I, <laughs> I'm really inherently pretty lazy, uh, but I trick myself into filling up my calendar and being disciplined. But as as disciplined as I seem from a time management standpoint, I'm not as disciplined with my health, unfortunately. Like I've, I'm still working on tricking myself into exercising more and and eating better and and all those sorts of things. So. If you want to build a team, you've got to become disciplined. Challenge your excuses. Challenge your excuses. One of the excuses that I hear in my head all the time is, this is the way we've always done it. I can't do it that way because this is the way we've always done it, or this is the way my family has always done it, or this is what my mama used to always say about it, or this is what my grandma used to do. Like challenge. That's an excuse that I have. I don't know what your excuses are, and I don't want to create them for you if you're not already thinking them. But recognize when you're putting out an excuse. I can't make dials today because, oh, 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 perky ears up. There's an excuse coming. I can't run ads this week because, whoa, 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 you hear the excuse coming? It's coming. The excuse is coming. I can't go to that meeting because my kid, oh, oh, oh. Are you you using your reasons as an excuse? Like, let me throw this one out there. I can't run ads this week because I don't have the money to run ads. That's, you're using that as an excuse. You could say, I'm running ads this week because I don't have money. And, and to, if I run ads, then people will come on board and they'll make sales and I'll get paid overrides and the money issue has resolved. I can't buy leads this week because I don't have the cash flow to buy leads. Or I, don't, I have to buy leads this week because I have cash flow problems. See how you can challenge that excuse, turn it into a reason as opposed to an excuse? I can't go there because of my kids. There's an excuse. I have to do that because of my kids. It's, now it's a reason. Right? I have to go to work. I have to talk to people. I have to become more relatable. I have to grow as a leader because of my kids. Become disciplined. Remove rewards until the job is done. Delayed gratification. You didn't do the job, you don't get the prize. You didn't eat your vegetables, you don't get dessert. Remove the rewards until the job is done. Stay focused on the process and measure the results. Please, 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 if you've already read this book, reread it. The book is Chop Wood, Carry Water. If you don't like reading, this is the book for you. It's a story. (laughs) It's interesting and it has lessons. Focus on the process and measure the results. Did I say focus on the results? No, but measure them. Results are important. If you're making dials and booking appointments and not making sales, the not making sales part is important. (laughs) Like it's important that you're not making sales. You should know that and be aware of that and fix that. But really, you're focusing on the process. Focus on the process. Focus on what you have control over, not all the variables that are out there that you don't have control over. Focus on the process and measure the results. So much. I mean, I, some of you guys have heard the story, but you know, I made some bad decisions in my business back in 2012, and, and had a huge recruiting staff, like nine recruiters and two initial dialers. Spent a ton of money on it for a couple of years, and it almost, frankly, it almost bankrupted me and my business. Um, and it was just a horrible thing. Well, in 2014, I I, I did right by them, but ultimately, I took back over recruiting and let that recruiting staff go. I, did, I paid severance and all that sort of stuff. So don't give me all that garbage. <laughs> but, and I gave them references for future jobs. I, I mean, it was, it was, it was my fault and I, I fell on my sword on that deal, but I took over recruiting and initially I wasn't very good at it because I hadn't done it in a couple of years. And and then, and, but I was focused on the process. I book an interview, I sit on that interview. I, I I do this in the interview and then I fast track them and then i contract them and they were getting the first act. And I just kept watching my process numbers, which is, which is what we talk about on the builder's call a lot of times. We talk about our process, our activity numbers. What we're, I focused on those process numbers and was measuring the results that were coming. And eventually the results started coming because I focused on the process. But even once the results start coming, you don't stop focusing on the process. When you stop focusing on the process is when the results start dropping. That's for sure. They're going to tank if you're not focused on the process. Next point, grow as a leader, become disciplined, develop trust. Develop trust. Trust is the foundation leadership. Trust is the foundation of leadership. If your people don't trust you, they won't follow you. If you lose trust with them, you've lost them. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your life where somebody lost your trust. For me, I trust until someone gives me a reason not to. I just trust. Now, a lot of times there's a check in my gut. Like, I, you know, my gut says don't trust that person, but I will trust them anyway. Though I'm I'm skeptical, I'll trust them anyway until they prove who they are. I remember hearing years ago, and I think it's my mama that said this, but she said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Don't argue. They showed you who they are. They showed you their their character, whether it's good or bad. They, They showed you they can be trusted or not trusted. When they show you who they are, believe them but trust is a foundation of leadership. You work like crazy to get it and you work like crazy to keep it. One of the things that I do, and I believe this is a big piece of, of developing trust with people, is if my interview with somebody is at 9.30, I show up at 9.30 for the interview. I'm not five minutes late. I'm not 10 minutes late. I'm on time. And a lot of times I get that comment interview. Wow, you called me exactly on time. Dang right, because that's my first chance of making a first impression and building, starting to build that trust with that with that guy. And if he doesn't trust me, I can't lead him. So it's important right off the bat. And good knows I don't. I I do not miss an interview. <laughs> right? Like that's, trust is out the window when you don't even show up. Competence, connection, and character. And as far as developing trust, these three pieces are, are, are important. Competence, connection, and character. Competence, that's knowing what the heck you're doing. Competence is knowing what the heck you're doing. I was talking to somebody this morning. They were asking me product questions. I said, whoa, I didn't know this was going to be a product question call. I'm kind of on thin ice on the information I'm giving you right now, but, but I can connect you with this video, and I can connect you with some of my staff who knows products inside and out. And that person said back to me, oh, well, I thought you would know. I'm the CEO. I mean, rarely does a CEO of a company know how to build a car, <laughs> right? Like I know products enough, but if you want the information and she said, thanks, I appreciate that you were honest about that. And I appreciate you connecting me with where I can find that information. See how that competence came in? I didn't know the answer, but you don't have to know the answer. If knowing the answer was the key to building a team, then Jeopardy! champions would be the, would, would rule the world. It's just not the case. Competence isn't necessarily about knowing the answer, but knowing how to find it. Which leads to number two part of building, developing trust, connection. Competence, connection. Connection is about connecting with that person and getting them connected to who you're connected with right? Like I've got people on staff who are great at products. So I've got this agent connecting with that person on products. There's a connection, but it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. And with connection, it's getting to know that person, not keeping it surface level, not keeping it transactional but, but build, building it relationally. Now you guys know me, you've been around me. You know, I'm not, I don't, if you haven't just know, I don't force feed anything I believe down somebody's throats. My beliefs are mine and yours are yours and I'm not trying to change them. Um, but you know, there, there, there was this guy that lived like 2000 years ago named Jesus. And he was a real thing, a real guy that really lived and he lived and he he spent time with like 12 people who he taught. And today to this day, there's billions of people that still follow his teachings 2000 years later. Okay. All those things are facts. That's not a belief thing at all. But here's another fact. He didn't do zoom calls with them every day. He didn't do a phone call, conference call, didn't text them, didn't email them. He lived with them for three years. His 12 disciples, he lived with them for three years. They knew each other's family. They knew each other's business. They knew whose fart stunk. Like, I mean, they, think about it. They knew each other. They knew who had the bad smelling feet and, and who just didn't seem to sweat no matter what. Like, they knew each other so well. And 2,000 years ago, there's still billions following the teachings. That's a, there's something to learn there in, in that connection. Like if, if I want to, if I find out somebody needs to, you know, write $5,000 in premium this month, that's not connection. Finding out why they need to do that. Start to build that relationship. Competence, connection, and character. That's the final piece of developing trust is character. What you say is what you do. You know, your yes is yes. Your no is no. There's nothing in between. I hate when people say it's kind of a gray area. I go, I'm not a gray kind of guy. It's either one way or the other. It's nothing really in between. And, and I think that the stronger your character is, the more likely it is people are going to trust you, the more likely it is they're going to follow you because they know where you're going and they want to go there too. Okay. So we talked about uh, grow as a leader, develop, uh, become disciplined, develop trust. Next, cast vision. Cast vision. If you don't know where you're going, if you're not telling others where you're going, how are you possibly going to lead them there? You don't know where you're going. It's, I mean, GPSs are awesome, but if you don't put in the destination, they can't take you there. <laughs> you got to tell them where you want to go. That's casting vision with your GPS. Well, cast vision with your team. Where does my vision come from, Fitz? Vision starts within. Vision starts within. Something, something in you just says where you want to go. Now, I, I, I was challenged by this with, with, with Heather that, you know, hey, you need to tell the team more of your personal goals. You need to tell the leaders more of your personal goals. I don't like doing that because I want to focus on your goals and helping you get where you want to go. And I've always heard if I help you get where you want to go, I can get where I want to go. Yeah, but if the team is following you, they didn't know where you're going. (laughs) Oh, so inside of me, there's goals, right? And I have to do a better job. This is not something I'm great at. I got to do a better job of telling people where I want to go. Okay. Vision draws on your history. Vision draws on your history. One of the personal visions I had, for I have for me, is I want to be, I want to be like the world's greatest dad. I mean, I got the trophy right here on my desk. It's number one dad. I, I hate it for anybody else that you know um, that thought they were in the running, but they they haven't taken it away yet. So I, I'm assuming I'm still number one dad. Um, everybody else just fighting for number two. I think. I want to be like a great dad. I know that when my kids get older, they're going to tell stories just like all of us do about our parents. I want their stories to be funny, and I want them to be have great memories. That comes from my history. My dad really sort of, for all intents and purposes, disappeared out of my life around eight, nine, or ten. And I, I mean, my parents got divorced. I saw him, you know, occasionally on you know throughout the month. You know, it wasn't like I lived with him. Uh, I didn't necessarily know him well. Um, and then he he passed away when I was seventeen. And so it's really, really, really important to me that my kids know me and they know who I am. That's, that's a vision I have for me. I, I draw, that's drawing on my history. You know, another thing that drew on my history is I, I when Heather, when I met Heather at 19, I told her then I was going to make a million dollars before I turned 30 and I did by the way, but she's, you know, and, and, and that, that came from my history of a long line of broke people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we, uh we weren't the Irish that came in the Northeast, you know, we were the Irish that snuck in the back door in Mississippi river. That's that's where my family came from. And, and that, that draws on the history is I want to rise above my history of my, of my family tree. Not, not that I'm ashamed of my family tree. I just want to do better. I want to use that as a platform to get better. And I want my kids to be better than that. See how that's drawing on the history, casting vision, what well, your vision should meet others needs. Even as you're talking about your own vision for where you want to go, um, that, that should meet others' needs. I mean, are others going to have to do something and be better themselves in order for you to get where you want to go? See, if your vision doesn't meet their needs, they're not going to buy into that. Your vision helps you gather resources. One of the things I've noticed, I heard this phrase years ago that uh, when, the t- when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Well, I, I believe as you start talking about the things that you want to do, all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork is all the resource you need to get it done the counsel that you need, the agents that you need, the, the, I mean, I, as soon as I started talking about, and this is still a vision, I want, I want to develop an agency in every major city in the country. I want to have an agency running in every major city in the country. As soon as I started saying that, I started finding people who wanted to build agencies. I didn't say I want to have the, 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 the best personal producers in, in, in the whole world. You know, I, I want a thousand top personal producers. I never said that. And, and I think that's, we're not necessarily, we don't necessarily attract, you know, the, the, the thousands of top producers in the world. But I do want to build businesses. And that's my vision. Vision comes from the inner voice, the unhappy voice, the successful voice, the higher voice. Break that down real quick. The vision comes from the inner voice. That's the voice in your head. That's the voice in your heart. The unhappy voice. The unhappy voice. I, I think vision can come from a, sometimes a place where uh, you're sad. You know, uh, if you've been in that situation where the bank came and took your cars in the middle of the night, well, that's an unhappy voice you've got going on right now. And you can say, this is never going to happen to me again. Okay, there's that un- There's that vision that's coming from the unhappy voice. The successful voice, you have a little bit of success, you want a little bit more. That's where the vision's coming from. Or it could be somebody in your life that's successful and you're hearing that voice. And the higher voice, the higher voice could mean any number of things. The higher voice could be, um, you know, whatever religion or belief that you have there. Uh, but the, the higher voice could also come from uh, when two people get together, Heather and I call it, when, when she and I get together, we call it the third mind effect. Uh, Napoleon Hill talk about, talks about the mastermind effect, where, um, you know, each person individually has their own thoughts, but when they come together and start talking about those thoughts, this whole other thought system starts popping up. It's really a pretty amazing thing. If you've never experienced it, I encourage you to. That would be what I would consider to be a higher voice. Okay, building a team, cast vision, leadership is influence. This is, you want to build a team, you need to understand that leadership is influence. Um, uh, John Maxwell's original book, the the cornerstone book, it's not his original book, but it's not his first book, but it's the it's foundational book for John Maxwell and his business, uh, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. When he originally wrote that book, it was not called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. It was called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Influence. And, and as he got out there into the, the business world and started, you know, talking to more business owners, he changed that word from influence to leadership. It just uh, marketed better, <laughs> frankly. But um, uh, leadership equals influence, okay? So vol- followers in voluntary organizations cannot be forced to get on board. If the leader has no influence with them, they will not follow. Now, what's a voluntary organization? Um, What's not a voluntary organization? The military is not a voluntary organization. But I signed up. Yeah, once you signed up, your butt is theirs. Uh, there's, you, you, you have, you're going to be forced to get on board. What about a normal nine-to-five job? Nah, you can always quit. I can always quit the military. Well, now you are being argumentative. <laughs> it was just an example. I think, personally, most organizations are voluntary organizations. Certainly what we do is voluntary. I mean, the agents we have on board here, myself included, we're all 1099. We're all independent contractors. We're all here because we want to be here. And and somebody who is here voluntarily cannot be forced to get on board. They'll find somewhere else to go. Real leadership is being the person others will gladly and confidently follow. Real leadership is being the person others will gladly and confidently follow. Moving on. Extend your influence. You're building a team. This, is, this needs to be in the... The forefront of your mind in building a team is extending your influence. The act of empowering others changes lives. It's not what you accomplish. what It's about the legacy that you leave behind because you extended your influence. Um, I, I I mean, think about it from this perspective. I can only sell so much insurance by myself, right? But as I started hiring other agents, I started multiplying um, other what the heck, I started multiplying other um, uh, uh, selling insurance because I wasn't just hiring myself. I was hiring others and we were expanding beyond, right? So now it's not just me going out there meeting with families. It's me and and 15 others meeting with families. It goes on and on and on. It extends uh, beyond just uh, yourself. So the act of empowering others changes lives. Really, the measure of a leader is not what kind of leader they are, but what kind of leaders their leaders are. Uh, you think about it, I think about it when it comes to like coaching, you know, professional sports. A lot of times you see on, on during football season, they'll talk about this coach came from this coach who came from this coach. And here's this original coach's family tree of active coaches in the NFL. It's always mind blowing. I think in the NFL, um, it seems like there's two or three originators of all the coaches in the NFL. Uh, you, can, you can track all those coaches their genealogy, <laughs> their coaching genealogy, all the way back to like two or three different coaches uh, around the NFL, really pretty amazing. And it's, it's really, to me, it's especially amazing when you take into account that, you know, in the, in the NFL coaching world, if I'm developing this guy as a coach, he could end up being my competitor who ends up beating me. Whew, that's a tough pill to swallow, right? Well, it's the same in this business. I'm coaching somebody who really should be better than me because they have the, at least the benefit of them Plus me, right? Where I only had me. Now they got them plus me. So empowering others changes lives and could put you in a position where you're getting beat by the people you taught. Maturity says that's a good thing. All right, make your leadership last. Make your leadership last. Here's a doozy. Lead the organization with a long view. It's the final point of building a team. Make your leadership last. Lead the organization with a long view. Think long-term. Think what's coming down the road. Uh, not, don't be myopic as they say, um, don't, don't think about, um, just what's happening today or this week or this month. Think about what's happening. You know, take a big picture, uh, from that. You know, a lot of people, again, building a team of insurance agents, a lot of people think in terms of building this team and I need this, I'm today I'm at zero, but tomorrow I'm going to be doing a hundred thousand dollars a month or a million dollars a month in production. It's, you got to think in terms of long view. If it doesn't happen in 30 days, are, are you going to give up on your dream? Are you going to give up on your business? If that's your vision, if that's, if that's where you stand as a leader, you're not going to have a lot of people following you if all you're thinking about is today, is this week, is this month. You've got to think about 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road and inspire others with that same thought. Make your leadership last. Create a leadership culture. <laughs> Create a culture of leadership. That's what I mean. It's part of what I'm trying to do with the builder's call and with the teachings that I'm doing and individual coaching conversations I'm having with people is creating that leadership culture uh, where it's just what we do. It's who we are is is we're leaders and we develop leaders. Pay the price today to assure success tomorrow. Uh, I've heard it said over and over and over again, either you are going to pay the price for your leadership development or your team will pay the price for your leadership development. You don't ever want your team to pay the price for your lack of leadership development. Pay the price today. I, I am, I am not the leader today. I was 20 years ago, way better. And I, I can judge that based on who I attract now versus who I attracted 20 years ago. Um, and, you know, I attracted Heather 25 years ago, 23, 23 years ago uh, we started dating. And if I had stayed 19 year old fits, 42 year old Heather would not still be attracted to that. I had to grow. I had to pay the price over time to assure that 20 years later, we're still married. Right? Value team leadership above individual leadership. Um, hopefully, if you haven't learned this in your life, you'll give us a chance to, to, to show you that a, a team is way better than an individual. Uh, we are, We are. I, I say this all the time, we, we are individually, uh, we are individual uh, in that uh, it's our business, ind- independent contractor, you know, I'm licensed, the, the, I pay the IRS, I'm not employed by anybody, I'm, I'm employed by the FITS group, I, but we're all like that, we're all individuals in this. Um, however, there's only so much you can accomplish by yourself. Uh, the, the The power of the team is significant, and you need to value that over your own leadership. And finally, walk away from the organization with integrity. I know this is not an original thought for me because here's where it's weird. Uh, walk away from the organization with integrity. I'm building the Fitz group. I can't ever walk away from the Fitz group, <laughs> right? You're building your business. You can't ever walk away from your business. But I want to I I I shift this. It's not about walking away from what you're doing, but it's – I'll say it like this. If you're developing somebody as a leader, if you're raising them up, when they get to that point, let them be when they, when they get uh, and and let's let's think about it from a parenting perspective when my kid is ready to launch he's going to launch and and when when my kid you know goes to college or whatever he does gets married has kids i can't at that point come in and still be parent he's king of his castle i need to step away from what i've done there and let him do let him be let him grow as you're developing somebody in this business when they are self sufficient when they are independent when you don't overstep your bounds. A lot of times people come to me that are in organizations that I've developed that are substantial organizations that don't need my day-to-day help on operations. People will come to me and say, can you help me with this? And I go, I don't want to overstep my bounds. I'm grandpa. I'm not your dad. I'm grandpa. And, and I don't want to step on your dad by helping you right now. Let's, let's get your dad involved in this conversation and see if, if your dad, cause your dad is more than capable of doing this. Let's see if we can do that rather than grandpa coming in and, and parachuting in and trying to fix a situation let's let dad fix it so you see what i'm saying there about walking away from the organization with integrity we're all self-employed we're i mean i can't in the corporate world if you're going from one job to another okay well that would make sense but in our deal i'm always going to be the fitz group i'm going to carry it wherever i walk wherever i roam throughout the world uh next week it'll roam with me in europe uh but uh it's always going to be there. Anyway, walking away from the organization with integrity. Really, when you raise up leaders, let them be leaders. Don't try to hold them down uh, for some sort of self-importance reason that you've got for yourself. Um, anyway, make your leadership last. Building a team. Hope this has helped. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The fits Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact. And send us a message. See you next week.